husband that I've got his son, and I would just as soon kill him as look at him. Do you hear me, Rutho? I got your son, Rutho, and I'll kill him. You'll never get me, Rutho. Welcome to Second Class Cinema, the show where we watch a B-movie and immediately discuss. I'm Tom. I'm here with Brittany and Eric. Hello. Hey, how are you? Hello. How's it going? Ugh. Rare early morning record. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> super early morning. <laughs> Just kidding. We watched the movie Death Force slash uh, Fighting Mad slash Vengeance is Mine. You know what we say about alternate titles here. It was a good movie. <laughs> always, always good. But we're going to call it Death Force because that's what we bought. That's the movie we purchased. And it was my pick. And I'll tell you why. Why did you pick it? <laughs> because I bought it. That's a pretty good argument. I bought it at uh, the Rock and Shock. Where the we, Rock and Shock. Where we buy a lot of stuff, a lot of DVDs. And so I bought it there by uh, from a company that does... Uh, Film restoration and digitizing, I guess, called Vinegar Syndrome. They put this movie out, and the other movie on this disc, it was a double feature. It was like a drive-in double feature with this movie, Death Force, and Vampire Hookers was the other one. I kind of wish we watched that. Well, I can't imagine that movie is any good. <laughs> Maybe I'll pick it. <laughs> Let's watch it. Me watch Vampire Hookers. Great. <laughs> We're going to watch it right after this. <laughs> so, Tom, tell us what this movie is about. So, this movie is about... Um, Okay. Do you need help? I think I got if it. You, <laughs> if you dare. Uh, so this movie's about a guy named Doug Russell. Yes. And he had, he just gets out of the military with his two buddies mm-hmm. who very quickly turn on him, stab him on a boat and throw him overboard uh, so that they can start a organized crime unit in their city yep. without him. And he washes up on shore uh, in, in the Philippines, and he learns the art of the samurai from two Japanese men on the beach, in which he brings that training to the city to fight the guys who threw him off the boat. Yeah. In other words, it's fucking stupid. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a movie fueled by pure vengeance. There's a wife character involved. Too sweet from penitentiary, isn't it? Is that really him? <laughs> yes. Yeah, it is him. No. Yes. It is? No. It is. Yeah, it says in the storyline on IMDb, <laughs> he's out of penitentiary. Uh, that's not. <laughs> that's the storyline. I didn't think it looked that much like him. It was, it's absolutely 100% him. It was a younger version of him because I think yeah. Penitentiary 3 was probably what, like 1988? 80, 87, 87 was yeah. Penitentiary 3, which is where we know him from. So we got like 10 years between these two movies. Yeah, and this one, actually, this is 78. I don't think Penitentiary came out until 79. Right, yeah. So, so that makes sense. I thought you guys were it. just pulling my leg when you were saying that it was too sweet. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> then Eric was like, I looked up the wrong movie. I thought I did because the plot summary on IMDb is wrong. <laughs> yeah, the plot summary on IMDb is, she's in Playboy. He's out of penitentiary. Jane Kennedy and Leon Isaac in Fighting Mad. I'm assuming at least maybe one of those phases is correct. The first two definitely aren't. <laughs> that is not a synopsis. <laughs> yeah, that's not the storyline. Way to go. Um, but that's the storyline. Yes, basically. So let's dive into successes. What do you think? 
Um, I really like the premise um, of how a Westerner learns the Eastern martial arts, which is a very well-tread trope in um, these types of movies. Mm. Um, but having him wash up on the shore of the Phil- like a Philippines island, um, where there are two Japanese stragglers from the war uh, from World War Two, yeah, that aren't aware that the war is over. Um, I always found the story about those guys really fascinating, um, and I think the last time one of them was discovered was in the seventies. So it would probably be topical for this movie to be tackling that kind of thing. But I thought that was like a really cool way for um, a Westerner to be introduced to like the Eastern martial arts and that kind of thing. Um, especially in these black exploitation movies, you know, karate and, and judo and all that stuff, it tends to be kind of a popular topic. This was like a very unique way to bring that in instead of just kind of like, you know, shoving it in there. Yeah. I mean, I thought they did a pretty good job with it. I mean, it did still feel kind of shoved, mm-hmm. but I thought it was a was a cool excuse for the shoving. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I thought the characters um, that were on the island, um, Sakuro, I think is the name of the character that teaches him uh, the, the martial arts. Yes. I thought he was uh, a very fun character. Um, he's kind of set 30 years in the past because he's been stuck there for so long. So you kind of get to see the difference between this 1970s American character and this 1940s Japanese character and how they <laughs> differ in values. Um, and I thought it was also really funny that the Japanese guy is always talking about Joe DiMaggio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was like their thing. I don't know. I thought this movie, in a, in a very odd way, this is both, I think, a success and a failure, so we can go into it now. But <clears throat> But at first, the movie was moving with such good pace and speed it was like cutting just relentlessly right in the beginning and just from scene to scene just giving you a ton of information over and over again and then it just stopped it just really mm-hmm. lagged uh and i was gonna say one of the successes for this movie was it's high-paced cutting but then towards the end i mean this movie is an hour and 50 minutes long uh it definitely doesn't need to be that long uh, i know i guess we have the extended cut of this dvd mm-hmm. not the 96 minute original runtime so I'm assuming even that extra 14 minutes does make it bearable. But I think the editing was kind of cool. It was very unique for a 1970s movie because I, I think, you know, kind of the, the thing that we have here is like any movie that's made before like 1982 tends to kind of drag a little bit. And mm. we were kind of expecting that going into this. But like you said, the early part of this movie is so like chop, 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 like super fast editing. Um, and I, I'm assuming that that's because of the we, we had the extended cut where they probably had a lot of extra footage and they were just like, just jam it all in. We have all this extra footage that we didn't use for the, the regular cut. Yeah. And like, it wasn't really edited in properly, but it kind of worked because I was like, this is a seventies movie. This is moving so fast. What's going on here? <laughs> oh, yeah. It was way too long. <laughs> it was definitely too long. It was way too long. I had that as a weakness, actually the editing in the beginning. Really? I feel like if they had done more to establish the plot, utilizing like the quick editing, it would have been more effective but the fact that the storyline kind of just floundered and it doesn't really make much sense. Well, I think in general, I think the problem with it is the inconsistency of it. I think if they had done either one way or the other, it would have been fine. Mm-hmm. Like if they had taken the time in the beginning and then taken the, their time through the rest of it, you'd go, okay, it's a character piece they're doing. They're building these people up. And then if they were just chop, chop, chopping in the front and thre- through the whole thing, then it's like, okay, well, they're just trying to cut through the story here. Um, but I don't know. It didn't know. It didn't pick one. Yeah. At least not in this cut. I, I would be very curious to see the 96-minute cut. Yeah. Because I bet it's probably got a more even pace. Yeah. Um, instead of having like this weird herky-jerky thing at the beginning and then <laughs> standard 70s pace near the end. Yeah. I have no successes. For you don't, you don't have any? I have, I wrote down one thing, and that was that a hun- an hour and eight minutes in, it gets decent. 
got decent an hour and eight minutes yeah. in. Yeah. So. I think that was like his first uh, vengeful sword fight back on the mainland. Yeah, it did take a bit for that to to go down. I, I think that's my other main issue with this movie is that like it's a long extended character piece for like the first hour, which I thought was good on its own. But then it's like this vengeance movie at the last hour. And I was kind of hoping for one or the other. Like, well, yeah. I was really hoping for the vengeance movie. But when it was a character piece, it was kind of cool, too. When it was him hanging out with the two Japanese guys in the Philippines. But then like the movie changed gears really quickly and i don't know i I, something about that didn't sit right with me i feel like it kind of went back and forth like that a lot yeah in a lot of different ways yeah a slight identity crisis for this movie i think whoever they had in charge of uh training and choreography definitely knew their stuff yes um i think the first thing that we noticed when uh the main character picked up a samurai sword that he actually knew how to use it (laughs) um and we both immediately compared it to samurai cop where clearly no one knew what they were doing yeah um i can't really speak to the authenticity of of like the styles that were on screen but it definitely looked like he at least knew how to hold the sword and how to use it and i thought that was really cool and refreshing for a movie like this definitely um one of the things i thought the movie did kind of cool and was also during the fighting scenes is uh I don't know if they did it after the fact or like during the shoot or during production, but they were doing a lot of ramping, like with the speeds, either in camera or after the fact. During the fight scenes, they would just do like random bits of like fast or like random bits of slow. Did you guys notice? No. I didn't pick up on that, and it's usually really glaring, so maybe they did it with enough subtlety. Yeah. I mean, it was. They did just these weird moments of, of speed shifting during it, uh, in a lot of the times, like on impact or on swings or something. Mm hmm. Uh, and it was kind of cool. It added a, a little cool vibe to the fight scenes. Uh, it was a little different. If I was ever going to watch this again, I would look out for that. Yeah. Give, um, a, give a shot. Because <laughs> usually when you see the speed ramping in movies like this, it's usually evenly applied and it looks really silly. Um, yeah. And I didn't notice that in this. The The fight scenes were actually really well done. So yeah. I didn't pick up on any of that. Uh, that was a plus. And one more thing I have, and I don't know if it's a success or failure again, <laughs> but they did. This movie had a lot of like zooming. But I, I guess that's really typical of like 1978. They'll just be like in a real, real long shot, and there'll be a conversation. And they're just zooming in for the entire duration of the conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. That was a thing <laughs> that people did for a while. I didn't really notice. You didn't notice? They just I don't know. They did a lot of like zooming, and then they would just tilt up to the sky. Yeah, a lot of the, I did notice that. That's the sky tilt. They did that all the time to like leave a scene. They're the sky like, Davis tilt. <laughs> sky Davis air tilt. <laughs> And then I was like, all right, I guess we're done here. And then we're just going to pop up somewhere else. Um, Weird. So I don't know if it was a success or a failure, but I noticed it. It worked in a couple of spots as a yeah. transition. I, I like that where they would point up to the sky and then you would end up back in L.A. from Japan. That was yeah. cool. Yeah. Sounds better than the violent death transition that they had going for most of the movie. <laughs> that was really strange. That was awesome. They would just randomly intercut like the main character training in the Philippines. <laughs> With, like, the guys in L.A. just murdering random people that we've never seen before. <laughs> it was very, very strange. Yeah, it was. I think it was supposed to be some sort of, like, montage of, like, mm-hmm. what's happening there, what's happening here, let's advance <laughs> they the don't story. They not montage. <laughs> yeah, but, like a compare and contrast of, like, this is what the guys in the Western are doing. They're, they're honor lists, you know, scumbags. Meanwhile, this guy is off in the Philippines training, like, an honorable samurai. Yeah. But it did not come off that way. I have it was a problem just with that. Creepy and weird. <laughs> you have a problem with what? His samurai training. What, okay, well, what's your issue? Um, that the guy just kept telling him that, like, the way of the samurai is not to get revenge. And, like, he was stressing that to him, I feel. And he was like, you know, you should just do your duty and be honorable and 
don't make it about revenge but then he went home and like his wife <laughs> repeatedly was like oh we can just like leave anytime let's just get out of here and he's like nope i have to kill everyone sorry like yeah they, like they spent an hour like showing him learning all this stuff and him like learning it so well but then he gets home and he's just like nah forget everything i just learned i'm just gonna go on a revenge fueled bender well the <laughs> well they didn't see eye to eye on that i don't think I think that was something they disagreed upon, and then that's why he didn't understand when that guy had to like do the Harry Carey stab mm-hmm. thing, and uh, that was actually a pretty cool scene, by the way, when he just did that. That was really well done. Yeah, they, like they I liked held that on guy. it. That was like one of the only things I liked about this movie was that guy, and even though I couldn't understand a word he said, <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think anyone could. But uh, I understood him saying Joe DiMaggio <laughs> like a hundred times. <laughs> Uh, so I guess if that's it for successes, why don't we talk about failures? <laughs> I know you've got a boatload. Yeah, I got a few. The editing, as I mentioned, was one. Um, the pointless musical number of the wife in the nightclub. Like, why do they need to show her singing the entire song? I just felt like they got that in there. It was so unnecessary and out of place and weird. Maybe that's an extended cut thing. Maybe. I hope so. I kind of liked the song, but it went on way too long. Um, also, this movie felt like it was four movies crammed into one, and I felt like that their plot and storyline were used so ineffectively. I, I didn't like this movie at all. It was really <laughs> hard to pay attention to for me. There were definitely three plots happening at the same time, and they could have cut out at least one of them. It was so boring. <laughs> Yeah, they had that whole thing going on with, like, Rico and that other lady who's the friend of the wife of our main character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, they have no bearing on the plot whatsoever, but they get at least 10 minutes of screen time. Yeah. Oh, at least. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it would have been better if they just completely overlooked anything that was happening in L.A. for, like, the first hour of the movie and just focus on him on the island in the Philippines. That I didn't think. even need to be an and hour And it didn't need either. to be an hour obviously because an hour is far too long for that yeah um but i think if this movie did not have such adhd in regards to where it wanted to focus i think it would have been much better for it but i think the ultimate failure this movie had was its actual length of an hour 50 i know we mentioned it before but like whoa brutality (laughs) cut a half hour out of this thing oh man i bet it would be next level awesome i am kind of interested to see the 90 minute version because I wonder if it's more coherent and cohesive. Oh, I, I mean, it's 14 minutes tighter at least. So I would like to see a 70-minute cut of this, to be honest with you. Yeah, that's what, <laughs> I'm, that's what I'm saying, 70 minutes. Like, you could really make down. this... You could make this a tight, really tight revenge flick, and it would be really cool. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't have any sympathy or empathy towards any of the characters in this. Like, oh, I, d- none, I didn't care about connection. what was happening to them, like, legitimately or ironically in any way. It just made everything that was happening really hard to view. I, I kind of felt for the guys on the island, but then they bit it an hour into the movie. So then I was like, well, I don't really care about anyone in the movie anymore. Yeah, exactly. And this guy just chooses to like stay and take his revenge out on people. And I, at that point, I'm like, I don't care about anything that happens to you. Like, this doesn't even need to be happening. You could be long gone by now. Mm. <sighs> yeah, no, I, I can tell you're disgusted. Rest my case. Disgusted the whole time. I was very disgusted. Um, for other failures, like what else did it not do well? 
Um, it abused weird 70s sound effects for no reason. <laughs> yeah. Um, every time he pulled out his sword, it made like a weird laser pew 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 noise. <laughs> and I did not like that because it reminded me of one of the worst uh, examples of 70s sound effects in movie history, which is The Man with the Golden Gun. Um, which is a 1973 James Bond movie where they filmed an amazing car stunt where car does a corkscrew over a broken bridge, but they put a slide whistle noise over it. <laughs> and it just immediately uh, took me to that. And I was so upset. That's, so inappropriate. <laughs> that's so awful to ruin such a difficult stunt like that. Yeah. And like, they didn't abuse it nearly as badly in this movie, but I just don't know why that happens to show up in a lot of 70s movies, that they just put inappropriate, like, cartoony sound effects in well, places where they don't belong. I was going to say, it's almost like Hanna-Barbera-esque. Yes. Um, no, we could talk about this right now if we want to as a huge failure, but do we want to go ahead and talk about the end of the movie? Yes. Yes. Uh, as a Ugh. major, as a huge up and then a huge down. So how do we want to tackle this? All right, so... Um, just to set it up, he uh, the main character has managed to take revenge on one of the two people that betrayed him. Um, and he's chasing after McGee, who has left uh, L.A., and he's hiding out in Mexico. Um, he has a contact within the police force that knows where he is, so he gets that information, and he heads down there, and he gets his revenge on McGee, stabs him, and kills him. And now he's rejoicing with his wife. He's met with his son. Everyone is safe and happy. Cue the happy music. Happy music. Everyone's awesome. And then all of a sudden... Our main character gets shot, and it cuts to his police contact, who is shooting him with a rifle off in the distance. In the back, and then, like, in the chest. And then in the chest. And it's a freeze frame on him being shot, and then the movie ends. On, like, a freeze frame on the sunset. (laughs) Yes. Now, our big issue with this, we have zero motivation for why that guy was shooting him. We have no idea. We still don't know why. Do you think that's an extended cut thing? Maybe. Do you think that's an extended, like, alternate ending? Do you think (laughs) the extend the ending, but don't extend the reason for it? (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't make any sense. No, that came out of absolute left field. He was like, hey, I'm going to help you. Just kidding. I'm going to kill you. Do you think he was just, like, cleaning up his tracks? It could be, but. Because he didn't want him to do it anyway. I mean, we could say that, but then again we have to read really deeply into character motivations that are barely explored. I mean, that character has like three lines in the movie. Yeah, exactly. I don't think I can't ascribe any deep meaning to anything that happened in this movie. Uh, No, I don't think so. It just comes off as like complete chaos. And like you said, it seems like an extended cut thing. I bet that was in the original cut and it tested so fucking poorly that they took it out. Yeah. Well, because, yeah, no, that just didn't make sense. No. That was the wrong choice to make. Absolutely wrong. Well, the thing is, the movie's a fucking hour and 50 minutes long. And we finally see this guy succeed, and then it just gets thrown in the trash three seconds before the movie ends. Yeah, that was that like pissed me off because like, all right, so you described uh, Russell, our main character, uh, fighting two sweet McGee, <laughs> and the way he kills them is so good. Mm-hmm. He he just chases after him. He he dodges bullets. Chases after McGee, stabs him, lifts him up into the sky, slams him down into the <laughs> ground. And it's an amazing sword kill. It's really cool. Yeah, and you're like, oh! And he was so deserving because he was such a piece of shit. Oh, yeah, he, he was, was trying awful. to sleep with his wife. He was like a rapist, gonna, basically. Gonna kill his son. Yeah, he was awful. He was a terrible guy, and he deserved that awesome sword death. <laughs> and then 
And then you're like, oh man, that's what we waited this whole movie for. All right, we I got I, our satisfying payoff. Fine. And then I your get glory it. is only alive for about. 13 seconds before he gets shot to death. Yeah, he gets shot in the back, and you're like, oh, God, did, uh, is it McGee? Well, yeah, I, th- I thought it was McGee, and I thought we were going to have like a final, like, oh, okay, now he's going to take him down. Yeah. No satisfaction whatsoever. And then he turns around, and he gets shot in like the shoulder chest, and then it just shows this old cop-ass white guy <laughs> just get up with a sniper rifle, and, he, and he, you don't even see him leave. And then, I yeah. was like, who is that? <laughs> oh, that was awful. If I wasn't paying attention, I wouldn't even know who that character was. Ugh. Yeah. Because there were scenes in this movie where we saw characters we'd never met before doing things. Yeah. And he was almost one of them. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that was awful ending. Oh, my God. Oh. But he has no right to exist. Disgusting. I wish that didn't happen. That truly affected my rating of this movie. Yeah, same here. Because I was ready to give it a pretty favorable review, considering I didn't like it that much, but I felt pretty good about it. But yeah. we'll go into that when we start rating. Do we have any more failures, or did this movie take any risks? Well, on the flip side of what you were saying, how you thought the um, choreography was really good, I disagreed because I thought that there was nobody was graceful in this movie. Like, him doing his samurai action was just clunky and, like... He just, oh, God, he just seemed like he was tripping over himself every two seconds. I thought the, um... Like, every time he fought somebody, it was never, like, an easy kill. He was always, like, getting his ass kicked. Yeah. He t- he did his own stunts, though, it looked like. I mean, he was really rolling around on that beach, getting his ass kicked. And, uh, well, in my favorite part, the barbershop, the barbershop. scene. Um, <laughs> yeah. His you know, afro was on point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No thanks to that barber. <laughs> But uh, Eric, you were saying, and uh, I was going to say the set destruction and the choreography was really cool. Yeah, That's, that was my biggest appreciation for the choreography. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. they completely destroyed those sets, so they were definitely giving it their all. <laughs> that uh, is true. So, do we have any risks? We think this movie was risky. I mean, black exploitation, nineteen seventy eight. You know, did this movie take any risks? This had some serious ultra violence for a movie for nineteen seventy eight. Yeah, like crazy decapitations, heads on pikes, uh, legs cut off, arms cut off. Like, I wouldn't expect to usually see this in a movie that came out, like, maybe before 1984-ish. Yeah. And it's very weird seeing this in a 1970s movie, but it was kind of cool, and it was pretty well done. Yeah. There are so many bloody beheadings. Yeah. Yeah. That was very good. The and fact we that it was pretty rapey was kind of risky. Yeah. And the ending. I mean, as much of a fail, like, to, to be able to, to just do that to the audience. Yeah. Have like, your hero succeed and then kill and then him kill, immediately. Yeah. Like, but see, I mean, we didn't see him die. And in, in all honesty, he didn't I mean he didn't have any major kill shot. But he shot him like in the spine. Listen, when Quentin Tarantino makes Death Force 2, we'll see him get up <laughs> and he'll kill that cop. And then we'll get to see the rest of his life. Oh, that's yes, good. Quentin. Please. I'd watch that. Um, so favorite parts then. I know I've got a few. Okay, I think you have the same favorite part I do. The barbershop scene. Barbershop scene. The entire barbershop scene. Yes. From haircut to ass kicking. What haircut? From <laughs> the non-existent haircut. He was this. This guy was the worst barber that anyone could have hired. He was maybe cutting hair, maybe about a foot and a half away <laughs> from the guy's afro. Uh, totally whiffing on every single slice. His uh, barber choreography was... Tar- Brittany, I, I agree. The I choreography was bad. I only remember like a few minutes of that part. I think that was one of the moments where I was slipping into like a catatonic state. <laughs> well, that was a good scene. <laughs> you missed some uh, great haircutting. Yeah. Or lack thereof. 
And I remember the, somebody saying that he's not even cutting his hair, and I was like, oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> and then there was a really awesome fight scene where they just destroyed the place. Completely demolished the, the barbershop. It was awesome. Yeah. But that was a good fight scene, too. One of the better ones for it not being, no, not ending in something, like, gross. <laughs> you know, like a decapitation or a arm capitation. <laughs> <laughs> just, I think, the overall effects of the movie. Yeah, I think it's one of my favorite parts. Just overall, I think the blood was kind of silly. It kind of looked like uh, had that red paint look. Yeah, I would say it looked like paintballs. Yeah, on, every like, time someone got shot, it was just like a splat. <laughs> splatter, yeah. Oh my gun smudge. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I liked all of that stuff. That that really worked for me, and especially given the time, because my tolerance for that in the era in which this movie was made is very low. Mm-hmm. Um, and this movie managed to be good, so I give it a lot of credit for that. I liked the final stab, as you explained. Oh, yeah, the final stab slam yeah. of, of McGee. <laughs> Being lifted up on his uh, sword. And the other favorite part that I had was when McGee was trying to move in on Russell's wife. He was like talking about how his son needed a father. <laughs> and she was like, he don't need a mother uh, like you for a father. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was a pretty good slam. At first, I thought she screwed up the line. I was like, wait a minute. No, that was a great slam. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and the fact that uh, Doug was calling everyone Mother Humpers. <laughs> yeah. Oh. That was awesome. Oh, and then the Asian guy totally misunderstood him. He was like, yeah, that's what you call your friends. And the guy was like, where are your Mother Humpers? <laughs> <laughs> Um, another one of my favorite parts is, uh, so our two bad guys, um, was it Morelli and McGee? Yes. Uh, this is towards when we're talking about that montage where, uh, Doug is learning samurai. They are starting to build their organized crime syndicate and take over their city. And just a real hard cut right out of some samurai training into, these two guys killing the current like boss mm-hmm. and they just bust in and they go hey russo guess <laughs> what you're dead and then they just start wasting everyone in the room at the poker table uh covering them with red smudge blood <laughs> that was excellent uh, the least cool era of gangsters was the 70s <laughs> the uh, entrance were... line was <laughs> on point yeah yeah they were great i think i I had this written down as a favor. I probably would dock it a little bit because the movie ended up feeling really long. Um, but I did like the discussions between Sakura and Russell about like the meaning behind their training. Like that, that felt very interesting. And like just seeing the compare and contrast between these two characters that are from two very different eras, yeah, um, being brought together on like this weird location. Something about that just really worked for me. Other than discussing, you know, honor and vengeance and all that. It it didn't it didn't feel shoehorned into me, and I, I really like that. Yeah, it was built nicely into the movie. You had a character that had a reason to be talking about these things. Yes, so it made it feel less weird. You know, it's it's not like you have Beatrix Kiddo in you know the year two thousand talking mm-hmm. about this shit. <laughs> Why would she be doing that? Other than the fact that it's a Quentin Tarantino movie. Yeah, you know, <laughs> um, we can quickly move on to ratings. So let's rate it then. Yeah, I'm gonna go. With yeah, fuck I'm gonna you. have to give it an unfortunate fuck off. Oh my god, my fucking father. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck yeah. Who fuck to- you. Oh my goodness. Going all in. Fuck you. <laughs> go fuck yourself. A go fuck yourself. Oh, everything. Wow, you really, really hate it. There was like I nothing did redeemable not like at all. Like it one stinking bit. Wow. It was boring. I thought the acting was terrible. I thought the plot made no fucking sense. 
uh, I just didn't like it. It was so slow. It was so boring. First and foremost, overall for me, like it did not interest me whatsoever. I'm wow. Sorry to be so brutal. It was just not my cup of tea. Yikes. <laughs> I was really bored. <laughs> like, this was maybe one of the most boring movies I've seen on this podcast. Last uh, match? I don't know. There was Last Match. There was Party Crasher. I would rather watch Last Match Zipper again. Face. All of which were my picks. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't Except as, for Last Match. I feel like they weren't as boring. They made maybe not didn't make as much sense. But they weren't as boring, and they probably weren't nearly as long. Not that I can yeah, recall. Anyway. Yeah, no, this is definitely one of the longer movies we watch. And even when I looked at it, I was like, Ew. Yeah, it was like, to add, insult to, in- to add insult to injury, this movie's two hours long. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Eric, what are you, what are you giving this one? Mm, fucking wish it was shorter. You wish you fucking wish it was shorter? Yeah, I mean, at its core, I, I actually did like this movie. My biggest gripe is that it's too fucking long. Um, I would like either a tight 80 minute character piece or a tight 80 minute revenge flick. Instead, we got like an hour and 50 minute thing of both movies crammed together and neither side of it was very effective, really. There were parts of it that I liked. In fact, there were parts of it that I really liked, but unfortunately, it, the, the whole did not come together for me. Um, I would like to see the shorter cut of this or an even shorter cut of that shortcut, I'm going to assume. <laughs> um <laughs> And I think this could be recut into something that would be really, really fucking cool. Um, there's definitely some potential here, but unfortunately, it didn't really pay off with the extended cut. Maybe the sh- maybe the 14 minutes slopped off makes this a lot better. Tiami, what do you think? I'm going to give it a fuck off. Um, and I actually was going to give it something a little higher, uh, and then it really started to drag. And then it, it kind of ended cool, and I was like, okay, I'll, I'll give it something that's like, you know, <laughs> relatively positive, and then it really ended. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then it knocked it right back down again. You were like, oh no. Yeah, I was like, ooh. Um, <laughs> so it's going to get a standard fuck off where, I mean, they had some cool stuff going on. I don't think I would let anyone borrow this DVD. I would say, hey, watch the short version mm, of this movie. For sure. Um, I don't know what they cut out. Hopefully all the stuff they cut out was all the stuff we're complaining about. Hopefully it, they weren't cutting out the cool stuff and they didn't add that in uh, just to make it a more interesting release. Um, but yeah, fuck off from me, and I, I would be hesitant to recommend it. Yeah, I don't think I would recommend this as anything other than maybe a background movie. Yeah. Like, you know, you're doing something else. Put this on. There might be some parts that you'll enjoy. Yeah. Especially if you like these kinds of movies, too. Then yeah. Very, I mean, I don't really have much of a history mm-hmm. with this genre of movie, this black exploitation. I don't, I don't know if I've actually ever seen one until now. Same. I know literally um, nothing yeah, about it. So I don't know how well it, uh, you know fares against the rest of its genre so i i don't know yeah i i mean i don't know too much about black exploitation i've only seen a couple of movies i'd say this is a better example of the genre um which maybe isn't saying much for you two at the moment yeah um but i mean of what i've seen this is probably got better production values than most of what i've seen oh okay so it's that's why i'm, I'm actually kind of delightfully surprised about this and it's got a very unique premise so i'm happy about that yeah, and I mean, some of the camera work was kind of cool. Mm. I thought it, they were doing a lot of moves. They kept it pacey. Yeah, for sure. Um, final thoughts? I just wish this was better. Yeah, I wish it was better, too. I really did want to like this, and there were parts of it that I liked, but it just let me down. 
Yeah. You let me down, Death Force. There were parts that I like laughed at, but it, there was just like no redemption. All right. Well, <laughs> you've been listening to Second Class Cinema. We watched Death Force. We watched Fighting Mad. We watched Vengeance is Mine from 1978. We Black watched three different movies. All three movies. <laughs> That's definitely what this movie hey, there was. Hey, <laughs> there, there were three plots, one for each name of the movie that didn't come out, right? If you'd like more information about us, you can come <laughs> Not with, about this movie. Not about this movie. Uh, you can go to Facebook, facebook.com slash secondclasscinema. That's our Facebook page. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Podbean, which is where we host our stuff. It is. You can find us on TuneIn Radio now. Uh, that's pretty cool. We have a TuneIn site. People can catch us there. Cool. We're on Stitcher. We're on iTunes. Um, you can email us at secondclasscinema at gmail.com. Um, we watched this movie on DVD from Vinegar Syndrome. Uh, they made sure this movie made it its way to DVD, and thanks. <laughs> hey, it looked really good. No, hey, yeah, they did a good job yeah. putting it on DVD for sure. Transfer is nice. Yeah, definitely, and uh, we'll see. Maybe we'll watch Vampire Hookers at some point. Same year. We definitely will. Yeah. That's going to be bad. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah, that one might be tough. Oh, yeah. Do we want to talk about Kids Month? Uh, I, I do. I would love to talk about Kids Movie Month. <laughs> uh, so this June, uh, we are going to dedicate the entire month to watching children's movies. Yay! Yay! Children's movies from our childhood. From, from us growing up and, well, maybe some other generations. Who knows? Um, but... A lot of eight-year-old Tommy's going to be coming out. <laughs> a lot of his perspective. Uh, we're going to get some guests coming through all month. We're going to try and do as many movies as we can. Um, but yeah, that'll be a lot of fun, and that's coming up in June. I look forward to that. Maybe we'll uh, do a little different treatment on our intro music. <laughs> uh, we'll maybe ask a couple of different cool questions. Uh, What's your favorite color? Yeah, you know, where where do you want to grow up? <laughs> what do you want to be when you grow up? Mm-hmm. It's your favorite food. It's pizza, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Good night. Pizza. 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 Pizza.